and we're just gonna roll with it. Okay, we're live now. Are you guys seeing it on YouTube? Uh, yeah, yeah, we're up. You're seeing it on YouTube? Okay. Yeah. All right. First of all, I'm going to apologize. I uh, just realized that we were live for six minutes previously. Okay, I'm seeing comments. <laughs> all right. We were live a little while ago. We could not see the feed, and so I just want to apologize that um, – I guess we were talking and freaking out saying <laughs> that, um, that we can't go live. But you guys are here with us at um, Free Hugs Project headquarters. Uh, we've been trying to come up with this new idea for um, not just free hugs, but to be able to reach people, so free advice. So if anyone um, has questions, and it can be whatever. Okay, someone just typed, um, what's the biggest reason you do free hugs? Uh, the primary reason why I do free hugs is to help people find common ground. I, I like going into areas of conflict and uh, trying my best to de-escalate tension or de-escalate violence in areas of conflict. So even though my shirt says free hugs, it's not always about hugs. It's really about dialogue. But it would be weird if I was wearing a shirt that said free dialogue or free conversation. Um, but that's really what it's about. The shirt is just a way of showing people that I'm there in peace and um and there to create change um let's see some other comments i see a hello from allegheny hello allegheny um someone put top of the morning to you top of the morning to you too uh let's see what else somebody said they like your fila shirt ashley by the way too let me introduce um everyone that's here because you guys don't usually see them in any of the videos so um they are the new team that works here at the free hugs project and they're going to be working with me on um, just enhancing a lot of the digital media content that we put out. Um, so kind of the, the ladies that are behind the scenes that are helping make things happen. So right behind me in the peace shirt, her name is Love. That is her real name, her love, last name Lee. So her name <laughs> is literally Lovely, and I'm not making that up. Um, across from her is Allison and... Um, Ashley sitting right next to her there in the Fila shirt that someone was digging there. Um, I'll let them all give a quick intro of who they are and Ooh. then we'll jump back into it. Oh, and but real quick before we do that, I saw a question up there that said, um, how can you handle anxiety and depression? I want to touch on that really quickly before they, they go into their intros. Um, I have dealt with that even at one point in my life, roughly about two years ago. Um, I was working on a business project that wasn't going really well, and I started to really struggle financially. The first thing that I did when I realized, oh, man, this is overwhelming, I went to sleep. I just said, you know what? I need to turn my mind off because this is consuming too much of what's going on. And I went to lie down for a little bit, and my wife usually knows that something is wrong if I sleep in the afternoon because I'm not really one that takes naps. And so I went to sleep just to kind of reset. When I got up after taking that nap, um, I just hit the ground running, trying to figure out what were some of the, the reasons why I felt like that. And of course, for me, it was a financial situation. It was financial struggle. My expenses had far exceeded uh, what I was, I was bringing in. And so I had to start coming up with ideas um, to get out of that slump. And unfortunately, it stayed there for a while, that uh, sort of depression um, and the sense of anxiety that, that I was feeling. Um, I think everyone needs an outlet. For me, running is that. And so after I got up from that nap and I really started thinking of ideas to get out of that situation, I went for a run. 
and right here towards um, <clears throat> or near our office, there is a, um, a golf course that has a three mile loop around it. And sometimes I'll just go off and run and, and do that. Um, maybe if any of the ladies, if you guys want to touch on that, if you if you've ever felt um, any sort of anxiety or depression and how you got out of that. Um, I can start. Uh, I think my biggest moment of like anxiety or depression um, that I battled personally was when I went away to college, you know, I was going to a new place. Um, I wasn't with my family. I wasn't with my friends. I didn't have that surrounding. And I was, you know, being thrown into a, a new situation. Um, and our campus was very lonely at times because it was so far away from, um, um, where I grew up from. So I think the, um, the main way that I learned how to, you know, handle it, um, being in a sad situation was honestly like relying on my support system, um, and realizing that I do have people that are like, that do have my back and that are going to like pump me up when I need to, like give me that positivity. And then also like finding positivity in um, like new situations yeah. and that anxiety, that that um, that feeling of fear. Cool. I talk about that in my lectures when I, when I speak at the schools too, is uh, the support system, how important that is, like getting around positive people. You can't have friends that are secretly your enemies or haters. You have to have people that really want to see you move forward. And um, I, I think that's so necessary for people that are struggling with, um, with depression. Uh, you have to have people around you that are, are your cheerleaders, people mm -hmm. that just care about your advancement. So I, I'm glad you touched on that because that is a really good um, response to that. So either of you guys want to touch on that? I mean, that's pretty similar to what I was going to say. The support system is so huge. Cool. Yeah. No. I think for me, it was like coming to terms with depression um, because there is such a stigma in the black community with mental health and just like not being strong all yeah. the time and like really having and again this came with just like going through life reading educating myself um even social media like being influenced by people who were okay being transparent about what they were going through and that helped me kind of come to terms with my own issues yeah um because that was like the first like i guess um step towards progress is like coming to terms with it um and then I found an outlet in writing so there was a point in time after I graduated college I was going through some stuff and um once I came to terms with things I had to find some type of outlet when I was younger writing used to be one of my favorite things but then I stopped and then I turned to it again to help me deal with those issues and it was just helpful to have those things out on paper to and I still have the book that I wrote in and sometimes I'll just go back and like read that stuff and like compared to where I am now, yeah. just like I'm so glad I had this turning point cool. from where I was. So. so writing as an outlet for you. Or whatever creative, you know, outlet or uh, sport, whatever yeah, yeah. it is that mm -hmm. just gives you some type of peace. Cool. So I, I think uh, kind of to sum up the uh, the answer to your question um, is, is really having, a, one, a support group, people that you can rely on, but also an outlet that you can turn to. Um, for me, it was running, and for Ashley, it was writing, and for the two of them, it was just having a strong support group, people that they cared about that 
um, they can lean on to help them get through that situation. Um, trying to go at it alone, anxiety or, or depression, it is not easy. It's okay. very easy to uh, get lost or stuck in that when you're trying to deal with it by yourself. And I understand that not everyone can, can express those things to a counselor or even afford um, to go and get whatever treatment is necessary. But I think it starts with just having good friends around you, um, figuring out an outlet and recognizing that you are going through that. Sometimes people don't realize that. Like I know when I'm falling into that space. Um, sometimes it could be the things that you see on, on social media. It's really starting to get to you and you start to become depressed and, and pull away more from the, the people that are around you. And that's a scary place to be in where you feel like you're um, on it at, on your own. So um, hopefully that helps. Uh, I think we'll take uh, maybe one more question. Um, I saw one up here. And, and we're going to try to do this every week, by the way. So if your question doesn't get answered today, um, I think every Wednesday right around 12 o'clock, um, we were hoping to come on at 12 o'clock. I understand it's 12.50 now. We were trying our best to get this thing to work, only to find out roughly about 10 minutes ago we were actually live. We couldn't see it. And so uh, thank you guys for pointing it out. And my wife called and was like, you guys are live right now. <laughs> it was very embarrassing. Um, so, they, which is why actually I turned on that fan because I got hot. I don't know if maybe the uh, breeze is picking up in the mic. Could you kill the, uh, the fan there, please? Um, all right. So we'll take, um, we'll take one more question. Um, I think I had seen one up there that said, have I ever been a victim of police brutality? Um, I, I have not ever been a victim of police brutality, but I have felt like, um, uh, what would the, the proper term for it be? Um, racial profiling. I, I have experienced that a number of times in my life. Uh, I'm sure you've, you've heard the term um, driving while black or feeling like, man, I'm getting pulled over for, for absolutely no reason. Um, one specific incident where it happened, I was a lot younger. I was maybe uh, 20 years old at the time, 21. And I had just bought this um, Camaro with T-tops. And I was very excited to have that car. I, I had um, left college and I came down to pick up my younger brother from his elementary school. And um, I got pulled over by the police. And rather than, um, uh, like, there, well, there was no reason for them to have pulled me over. Um, I asked them why I was pulled over. They didn't tell me. And instead, right as my little brother's school was letting out, they had me step out of the car um, and then searched the entire car um, saying that they were looking for drugs or something else. Obviously, I don't do drugs. I don't sell drugs. So there was no reason for them to, to search my car in that way. They claimed that I had fit the description of someone in the area who was. And so now this special moment as I was trying to surprise my brother by picking him up in this cool car um, ended up becoming a very embarrassing moment where as school lets out, here I am as my car is being gutted out by police officers who are searching for drugs. And um, I, I felt awful that my, my kid brother had to experience that. And um, I, I think, again, still, I don't look at incidents like that and say, oh, all cops are bad or they racially profile or they, they do things. I, I know that there are one-off incidents where those sort of things can happen, uh, but I don't judge an entire profession or an entire group of places today, right now, as we speak, people feeling like they're being um, 
wrongly approached uh, or profiled by law enforcement officers. And I think that there's reasons why we need to continue addressing these things and, and trying to figure out how we um, correct some of these systems where, where people feel like they're being treated unjustly by police officers. But again, the work that I do, I'm, I'm fully in support of, of the people in these communities. I'm fully in support of the work that law enforcement does. I think that we all need to do it better. So um, I don't know if either of you guys, anyone wants to touch on that as well, either police brutality or racial profiling that, that you've experienced. Um, I know some people tend to say it happens a lot more to black males in, in this country, but I know that I have spoken to um, some sisters even that are like, yeah, I've either been in the car with my boyfriend or husband and that happened, or they've been in a, um, a, on a, in a car on their own and it happened. So um, I don't know if maybe you guys have experienced something like that. No, thankfully. <laughs> um, Good. But it's still that you still have that in the back of your mind. Like it there's still that, that fear, you know, yeah. I remember when I first, um, <laughs> moved out on my own and I was on a bus and um uh like a cop got on the bus and I was sitting there like like on the edge of my seat I was like oh my god and I think I was like one or it was maybe one or two people on the bus I'm thinking like please don't say anything to me please don't say anything but I didn't do anything wrong so yeah. it's like there was no reason to even I think naturally we just get nervous right yeah. like yeah. even with all the work that I do around police like I get I tense up but I've spoken to other cops mm -hmm even especially other like black male cops and they're like i'm a cop and i tense up when i when i have police around me because it's just it's the unknown we don't yeah. know what's going to happen right um but i could tell you one one incident that um and my wife would remember this as well uh we she had picked me up from the airport i was coming back from from a protest and um I believe my wife went through a yellow light and we got pulled over by the airport and at the time my five-year-old daughter was in the back seat. And um, when we got pulled over, uh, my daughter, she was a lot more scared or nervous than my wife and I were. And the cop came over to the car, super polite. Um, he was a white officer. And of course, my family being African American, um, my daughter says, uh, well, after the cop asked for my driver's license and registration, we gave it to him. Um, he went back to his car. And my daughter said, dad, I'm really scared of the police. And I saw that as a teaching opportunity for me to teach my child that she doesn't have to be afraid. So as soon as the cop came back to the car with my ID, I said, um, excuse me, officer, my five-year-old daughter just told me that she's afraid of the police and I don't really want her to feel that way. He said, no problem, I got you. And we rolled down the back window. He stooped down to her level and he had a conversation with her. And I thought it was the most beautiful thing because here you've got this white officer, my daughter being this young African-American five-year-old girl who for whatever reason is afraid of the cops. Whereas a lot of kids at that age think the police are heroes, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, why would she be afraid of the cops? Especially with the work that I do, I interact with police officers. I'm like, she has no reason to be afraid. And so it was such a great teaching opportunity um, for that police officer. He literally stooped down to her level at the window and had a conversation with her about school. And are you excited? Your dad just came back from wherever he came from. And, and it was cool. They had like just seeing this cop have a conversation with a five-year-old girl. And after it was all said and done, now whenever she sees police, like she doesn't have those same feelings that she had before. 
Uh, and so I think that there, there's always these teaching opportunities that we have that we should utilize rather than saying, why are you pulling me over? It was a yellow light. Like, don't get upset about it. Let's just do whatever we can for that to be a, a smooth interaction. And I don't remember whether we got a, a ticket or not, which is irrelevant. You know, what matters was there was this beautiful opportunity that happened there. And now my daughter, who um, just seeing how she interacts with law enforcement, um, it's it's so different, it, which is crazy because now fast forward, um, maybe six months after that incident, I was working on a project with, um, with Project Human, and we had maybe um, nine or so police officers that stayed across the street from us in an Airbnb in our in our neighborhood that I was doing some work with. And it was like, Sometimes when we would wake up in the morning, before the kids would even have breakfast, they're like, can we run over to the cop's house? And I'm like, wait, we still have other stuff that we have to get done. And they're quick to rush over there to go hang out with the cops, you know? And so it's just, it's how we teach um, uh, not only our children, but those opportunities that we can have with law enforcement to express that. Hey, my child just told me that they're afraid of you. I don't know why they feel like that. Can you help, like, not make them feel that way? I got you. And he has that conversation with her. So I thought it was really beautiful. So again, these are teaching opportunities um, that I think we can use. Um, unfortunately, those are probably the two questions we can get to today. But again, next week, please log back on um, Wednesday at 12 o'clock. We'll be taking more questions, um, questions around some of these issues or just in general. Again, it's we're the Free Hugs Project, but uh, being able to have that free advice um, ask whatever things that you're dealing with, things that you're struggling with, and um, and let's have conversations uh, to to create change or help people through um, some negative situations. And at some point, I would love for you guys to like talk a lot more than I did. <laughs> um, they're still new here; they're getting the hang of it. I'm used to speaking to all of you guys. You guys see my videos and things all, all the time online, uh, but you will start to see them a lot more now in the uh, uh, with the work that we do. And um, so thank you all for, for logging on and being polite and, and respectful and not being mean to us when we were live for six minutes and didn't know it. Uh, we figured out how to make it work now. So we will look forward to connecting with you all again next Wednesday, 12 o'clock, Free Advice Live. Thank you. All right, we will end stream.